Hello guys, welcome to the first episode of the Target Man podcast. Uh, join, well, today you've got me, your host, AK, you will see me every single week, maybe fortunately, maybe unfortunately, uh, trying to bring guests every single time, but today I am joined for the first episode by my good friend, Happy. Happy, why no. do, you, do you introduce yourself to the listeners? Hi, oh, I'm Happy. Uh that's a fellow football enthusiast like AK and we are hoping to talk about the transfer window right now and the situations that all the I mean the major clubs are in right now so hope you'll have a good time and yeah who do you support happy? <laughs> hoping who do you support? who do you support? Listeners. Oh, oh yeah I support Real Madrid I see, you're a Madrid fan. Okay, so we might might get a little bit of bias there later on, but it's okay. It's okay. No, but as as you guys know, already know from the shorts and then the stuff I've put out before. I've obviously just come back from COVID, so I disappeared for about two weeks, which was a bit shit for me. Uh, I don't know if I should have said that, but anyway, it was rubbish. Um, but in essence, I've now come back, so you might hear me cough a little bit, but <coughs> I'm not spreading anything. Don't worry. But we are we are planning to come back every every single week with with some. Thing, whether it's about uh, a club, a style of play, or, or something, just analyzing something different every single week. So today we're just going to go keep it nice and simple. Just talk a little bit about our thoughts on the on the transfer window. Uh, as you know, it's kind of it started off a bit slow, uh, some big transfers here and there, but then we kind of got to a point later on where it started to pick up pace, pick up pace, and a lot of the bigger clubs actually started to make moves. Some clubs got involved very early on, and I think that's what we're gonna we're gonna have a chat about as well. So, yeah, happy you already as well. Absolutely, mate. Perfect. <clears throat> so, let's, I think let's let's have, it's a good place to start. We'll start with probably the Premier League because I think as as many people will probably disagree, and I think we'll probably see something in the comments or, or, or feedback about a lot of people disagreeing that the Premier League is probably the strongest league in in Europe. Um, I think every year we kind of see the Premier League improve its quality. Um, <clears throat> but I think we saw from last year, in terms of the the team that is is supreme, is obviously Man City, right? And Pep, or as he's also known as Fraudiola sometimes. The yep. Pep Pep was pretty pretty early out of the rules, wasn't he? Uh, making his moves, earmarking his his names very early on. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it. not only him. I mean, he was um, like gives his orders, but. You have to give credit to the Man City board as well. Like, they have been very quick in terms of acquiring the player that probably Pep had asked for. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, def- yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So like, uh, I think the the board members like Aldun and Chiki Begerstein, they they deserve a shout out. I would definitely agree. Yeah. I think. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I didn't mean to yeah, no, so no, no worries. No. I think they've been doing a good job. Yeah. I think definitely, definitely to to attest to that. I think you know the structure that, as much as I don't like City, so you probably already know if you, if you know me already. If you don't, I am a Manchester United fan. I'll probably get some absolute pelters <laughs> yeah. in in the, in the comments for it, but um, you know. 
City have actually structured their board and the way they've bought, you know, brought this director of football, this this infrastructure into place uh, with Pep talking to mm-hmm. Cheeky. And obviously, he's actually got a very good relationship with, with Cheeky. Um, he used to play in the it same team. It dates back to their Barcelona days, I guess. Exactly, yeah. So they used to play together uh, in close yeah. team at the time. So, yeah. you know, they, they know each other for a long time. And obviously, there is that element of, of a relationship. You know, everyone's had this this discussion in the past about Pep and his, his ego. Um, I don't, you know, it, it's something there. He, he definitely has something, but that's probably something we can allude to in another episode. But there is definitely yeah. some sort of structure there, which means that they earmark their targets. I think it's obviously a very easy project to sell as well. Because you're almost exactly. guaranteed a trophy or two every year. Exactly, and like to talk about Man City, I I usually like to talk about Man City in regards like I like I contrast Man City with club like PSG. Both of them have owners from the Middle East. I mean, they're state-owned clubs, mm-hmm. but you can well see the difference in their approach towards building a sporting project, right? Like yeah, Man City of of course, like, like it's pretty apparent from their moves in the market, like how well the board is involved, and how their vision aligns perfectly with that of the coach. And I mean, if if, if we talk about PSG, I mean, of course, we'll come to PSG later. But if we talk about PSG as a sporting institution, mm-hmm. I, I really <laughs> like I. I don't really see a sem- any semblance of a sporting project over yep. there, to be honest. Yep. And the hierarchy which they have in place in regards to the manager and the players, I think that's very questionable. Because I really doubt with the superstar players that they have and the, all the egos around, I really doubt the managers do have a say as such. I I agree. Uh, yeah. I think that's that's probably something we should we should touch on when we get to PSG because I think there's a lot exactly. there's a lot to discuss in the in the element of PSG because there's so many facets to the actual way they you know they they run. Um, exactly. But you know we, like we talked about City and I think the thing that City had last year is they won the league right and it went to the last day you know it came couldn't it came to a point where Gundogan came off the bench and scored two goals. It literally came to like. A matter of it came down to a matter of few minutes to be honest. Exactly, right? So it, it was tight. And I think they had a couple of injuries, but I think the things that they were possibly missing, I mean people will some people will argue they didn't really need it, some people will say no, they they did, but I think the one thing that they were looking at, uh, acquiring Yeah. So one yeah. thing they were always looking at acquiring and always have been is is kind of a number nine. Right? So yeah. they had they had you know, two, they were always linked with two names, and they obviously did make a su- uh, bid in the summer before uh, for Harry Kane. Yeah, Harry Kane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think it was it was up to uh, up to 150 million or something with the, with the figures bandied around, you know, which is ridiculous money, and it's not something I'd expect from City. But you know, and then uh, the other name that they were obviously linked with is Erling Haaland, and I think both of these guys kind of epitomised that both dynamic footballers. Now I think. They obviously are. They have that ability to also play uh, in the position that this podcast is named after as a target man. But I think they're also, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they're also very, very dynamic in the way they they play, right? So I think, yeah, uh, I think. Well, I mean, 
I would like in case of Kane, I'd like to argue that he's more than just a target man. We I all know so. that. I think so. I think his his anyway. role kind of developed under Mourinho. I think that ability to drop to drop deep, but then I think you yeah. look at you look at. There's this. that there's that running joke. I don't know if you're aware of it. Like Kane as a CDM. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. He's just feeding someone. Um, yeah, but I think I think the one the one signing obviously the guy they were li- linked with and the signing they eventually made was Erling Haaland, and yeah. you know Erling Haaland, it's it's scary almost the the figures he's it's scary, t- yeah the skirt the figures yeah. he's churning out at the age of twenty one, you know yeah. I think he was what, what 83, uh, 83 goals in eighty nine games or something for for eighty six games yeah, for yeah, yeah. Dortmund, um, and then even his record for. Uh, Norway is also insane. So I think, he, yeah, his overall record so far, considering from his time in the second team at, at in Norway, etc. In yeah, total, yeah. in his career, he's got 155 goals in in 200 games. Right. So that's yeah, something. Like that. yeah. That's like 0. 0.78, goals a game, as a as an average. You know, 86 goals in 89 mm-hmm. games at Dortmund, 29 in 27 for Salzburg. And he's even got, you know, 20 and 21 for Norway. And, you know, you can see yep. him smashing all the records for, for Norway as well. So what do you actually think, you know, I mean, have you felt that the City way or the way they were playing last year lacked that striker? Um, you know, because Haaland is, is, you know, he's a machine. He's super fast. I think he also has uh, a record or something uh, in Norway as a, if I remember correctly, yeah, he has a, a record, I think, set for the fastest 60 meters or something in Norway's under 18 history in wow. athletics or, or something like that. And, you know, he's... That's something I wasn't aware of, to be honest. Sorry, yeah, he's also got a world record reportedly in his age category for standing long jump when he was five apparently dr- jumping 1.63 yeah, 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 meters yeah 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 so that's true, that's true. you know he, he's he's a fi- he's a physical specimen so for sure and he's he's quick he's six foot four he's strong do you think he's going to be able to really fit into pep's style of play because obviously pep does like a very fluid style of play right yeah so, so i'll start with what you just said, Terry. So, the, like, when I got to hear the news, that was my first reaction. Like, it's scary. It's going to be scary for all the other Premier League teams. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, now to put things into perspective, we all witnessed how Pep managed to pull off this full season without a proper number nine. Yeah. So. And so that might also put into question the actual need of a striker into Pep's system. That okay. really a pressing need, or he could just do fine without any such number. Because he, he was playing false nine a lot. Yeah. So, like, basically, he rotated. He rotated six players. For goal scoring options like the three midfielders and the three forward all of them rotated 
like in turn as sort of all nine forward slash goal scorer. Yeah. Like there there was De Bruyne, Bernardo, Foden, Jesus. Yeah. Like the only player that Mahrez I well. think wasn't like like the only player that w- was rather like kept his position and really came into like in into rotating with other players was Mahrez because he was the out and out winger of the team. He did play actually for Sweden a couple of times there. Which was, he did. Yeah, yeah, he played a little bit, but he wasn't at the same. Yeah. I don't think he pl- he didn't play as often as say a Foden or a De Bruyne yeah. or a Bernardo Silva for sure. Exactly. So the other one winger there, apart from Sterling, Sterling was obviously that much else. So I, I mean, we have seen that with a striker like in case of Aguero, and. I mean, in Pep's own words, there, there's no one that can replace what Aguero has done. But with Haaland and probably Julian Alvarez, starting to look forward to what he's planning to do. Is he planning to start the both of them in sort of two-man strike partnership, or will he play <coughs> Alvarez just behind Haaland? Because a lot of like Pep. style as we all know depends a lot on how players are with the ball like yeah like in contrast to uh, for example klopp system where they they focus on losing the ball but winning them as soon as possible so, pressing high right in case press. of yeah in case of pep it's more with the ball so in terms of adapting to the system i really don't think them there will be much problem but do you and do you see it as kind of being a first first year thing and i think this is this is not something we've got to really cover but you look at jack relish okay i mean i i always have always had my qualms about relish um <coughs> i mean a, i still do yeah still i've do. always yeah. i've always had my qualms i think he's a he's a decent player for sure but i don't put him in that world class category yet. Uh I don't think he's a 100 million pound player. I think if I had for a choice, sure. if I had a choice, I would start Foden over him for sure on the left. I think when you look at any any day of the week. Exactly. Foden I think I think Mares honestly, I think Mares has kind of locked down that right wing position now, especially since Foden yeah, uh, since, uh, sorry, since uh Jesus has gone. I think you've also got that that uh, You know, Bernardo Silva, I think, is starting to play a lot deeper, so he's not really going to be challenging Mares. So Mares has locked down that right wing position for sure. I think sure. because I, I've had this discussion with a few people. I think Haaland obviously starts. I have a feeling that Alvarez is probably going to play as a uh, rotation because the thing that Alvarez brings that I think a lot of that Pep loves probably is the fact that not only can he play as a striker. He can also play both wings. So, exactly. Right, and he's he was a cheap signing for fourteen million. So he was, you know, it's it's well worth having a, a guy who's dynamic and can play both wings. So I think you've you've probably got that element. But I think Foden probably yeah. will start in that team ahead of of Grealish. But I don't think. I think. I re- uh, sorry to interrupt you, but no, no. I really think, like the signing of Alvarez, 
opens up a lot of possibilities for uh, I mean the iterations right that they can use in the 4 3 exactly I, I, mean, I agree with that it would be interesting to see how Pep implements both Alvarez and Haaland like uh I think Haaland, I think Holland has has established himself as the number one striker, and he's you know top three, top five, top five, top three for for most people as well. Top three strikers in Europe in world football, right? He is the top, least. Um, or top four. I mean, yeah, because people people have have different ratings and different rankings, and people will come out yeah. and saying I'm biased, but. The name but he up, surely makes it all fine. The, na- sure. the, number, the names up there are obviously Benzema, Lewandowski, Ronaldo's up there as Harry well. Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Yeah. Ronaldo's up there as a centre forward as well. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of lot of options. But I think yeah. I think the thing that, as I was saying for Jack Grealish, is he didn't have that stellar season this year, right? And he's come in, £100 million signing, big name, yeah. theoretically, obviously, especially in England. Uh, big reputation, big price tag. He wasn't really a standout uh, for for the city team, and it's you know some people argue it's it's the fact he needs to adapt to Pep's system. So yeah, do you do, are we really going to see that uh, element of where you know Harlan is going to hit the ground running, or is he going to need that time to adapt as well? Because he he has the ability to move. And he, we've seen him quite a few times, especially in Dortmund games, where he's come deeper, occasionally. <clears throat> so he'll come deeper, he'll take the ball, he'll spread it, and then he'll get himself in the box, which is classic centre mm-hmm. forward play. And I think it's it's fantastic for him. You know, he's he's also a club exactly. guy who's got a, a reputation. He's obviously got a links to City as well because his father used to play there famously. So, you know, do do you actually see him hitting the ground running? seeing Grealish as an example over the last year because, you know, he's the other big name that's come through in the last two years or so. Uh, my only concern with Haaland is that he he thrives near the box. Yeah. So, so like, if you want to get the best out of him mm-hmm. who need players got to do the work for him yeah so I think look, now this just came to my mind uh, I think that Pep can do what Bayern have been doing with Muller and Lewandowski I don't know how good of a parallel that is but okay I think like that can be a thing. Uh, Muller does the pressing, the ball winning, yeah, providing the passes and all that, which Alvarez is reportedly good at. I mean, of course, I haven't seen much of him. Just going by whatever compilation that are available. Yeah, yeah. I think he he can do that, and <coughs> of course, then you have Haaland up front, very well finish off those chances. But he is he is he is pretty quick. Obviously, he has his energy. So he has done some element of pressing at Dortmund as well. He's very hungry for the ball. I think we we see yeah. a hunger to get the goals. So maybe also, that... if you remember, there was an interview of Haaland where he speaks of Jamie Vardy and how he admires Vardy's off the ball runs in behinds and all that. Yeah, he's he's very good. He's very good in the box. I I agree with that. And I think the only thing. Oh, yeah. I think 
it might take him a couple of games to to hit the ground running. I don't think that's he's for gonna, sure. I don't think he's gonna be sure. off the bat scoring. You know, some people are gonna say, and I think a lot of detractors will probably try and say, you know, if he's not got ten goals by October, then he's a fraud or something. I don't think that's gonna be the case. I think people will have to understand that. Like, no, I know, but I think I think it makes him an easy system. target, right? But I, I definitely I definitely agree with the fact that he is probably going to be a success at City. I think it's just going to be a case of time. Um, he adapts very well to his teams, but I think the one yeah. thing that he's going to be able to do, because obviously City also played with Ferran Torres as a false nine before, the one thing that he's able to do is he's a finisher. He's a natural finisher, right? And I think he's a he's a better finisher exactly. than, than Mbappe as well. You know, for comparable at his age, Mbappe's obviously a couple of years older, but he's a, he's a lot better as a finisher. He's clinical. So I think we're going to see... I that, that... would beg to differ, to be honest, but we can keep that for later. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I I think when I see Mbappe running through a goal, and I see Haaland running through a goal, I think Haaland gives me that more confidence that he's going to score. I think Mbappe will get the run, but I think Haaland's more likely to finish. I, uh... think, if, I think if I wanted a, a centre-forward, I think I'd have Haaland, but if I wanted somebody for... Just to score goals. If I wanted somebody for all-around game, I'd have Mbappe. Well, that that's a, that's a different matter. Yeah, that's a different. We can talk about that later. So then, obviously, we've we've touched about Alvarez. So and say, also, go, since go you go brought up Jack Grealish, uh-huh. I wonder what sort of a role does he get this season? Like, I've, how much does Pep rely on him? I think because we all know that Foden is a better left finger than him. I mean, he's better at that. Of course, Foden is versatile. He can play anywhere. But I think I think Foden is he's also. Mostly I think Foden, no, no, but I so, think Foden is also a better player overall, right? Sorry. I think Foden's also a better player overall than Grealish. I think he's more Ooh, technical. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I I think my my your point there to touch your point on on, on Grealish and his his reliance. I think he's obviously done things. I think he's you know he had. It's obviously going to take him a year to. to embed himself theoretically which he has done I think he missed he missed a couple of big chances in, in, in the Champions League obviously against Real Madrid which are obviously going to haunt him for, for many years but mm-hmm. I don't think because when I, when I look at that, that City team and the squad in general I don't see him as a starter because if you look at kind of their midfield you look at their um, you know City play a 4-3-3 right yeah. They're very, very predictable in the sense that you'll get Edison, you'll have Kyle Walker, you'll have Ruben Diaz, you'll probably have Port. Laporte or Stones, one or the other, how he feels yeah. on the day, right? And then yeah. you're going to have Cancelo at left back. Cancelo, yeah. That's your, that's your back five sorted, okay? Yeah. And I think we're going to touch on this point a little bit. I think we can actually touch on it now with the point that, you know, they signed Calvin Phillips. Yeah. Calvin Phillips is now coming in as a... As a defensive midfielder yeah. but I think he's going to be you know he's a 42 million pound signing which is quite big for City and it's you know increasing their depth because I think they obviously the Fernandinho is a big loss to the team for sure especially as captain for sure but I think what you're going to see captain, now yes. but what you're going to see now I think is Rodri is still going to be the number one uh, defensive midfielder he's going to sit doubt. he's going to sit at that base behind you know that, that Busquets role as such, but yeah. he he manages to get himself forward. You've then got two positions, right, in front. 
I think Kevin De Bruyne takes that position easily, obviously. Alongside Bernardo Silva. I think Bernardo Silva's up there, and I think uh, Gundogan is also in that that frame, right? But I think Gundogan, Bernardo Silva is obviously well, in a better form at the moment. Gundogan will most likely come off the bench. I agree. I mean, I think Bernardo Silva will for some games, and I think Gundogan for others. Yeah, could be. Because Bernardo Silva had a fantastic end to the season, but so did Gundogan. Gundogan, yeah. He, I mean, Gundogan was more of a clutch player. Yeah, but I, w- I would say it's one of those two, right? I would definitely put Bernardo, for sure. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's whether, sure. it's depending on the team, right? I think if you're looking for a more attacking team, you play with Bernardo. If you're playing maybe a Liverpool or a Chelsea or a big, you know, a big team, they're probably going to go with Gundogan. Yeah. Because I think Gundogan tracks back a lot better. I mean, not, not no disrespect to Bernardo. I love the guy, for sure. Um, even though I'm not their fan, but yeah. And then I think you look at the front three. Mares, like we said, has that right wing position. Mares, without a doubt. You know, That's he's had a stellar right. season. 20, 20 plus goals last year. Uh, Holland is the number nine, easily. Number nine, and, and Foden. I think, I think Foden knocks down that left wing position. So you, you then when you look at the options available in that in that front three, he's got Grealish. He's obviously got Alvarez, Alvarez. and he's he's actually blooding through quite a few of the the youth team players. So, I really am not much aware of. No, that's fine, I assume, because, I mean, Cole Palmer has is, is, is been knocking at the door recently. Palmer, yeah, Palmer, Palmer, Palmer. Palmer's been knocking at the door recently, too, to get involved. Uh, um, they signed this, this new Brazilian guy that I'm not, not too sure about. I don't know enough about him. But there's there's definitely yeah, a lot 17 of... 17 years, some 17 years, yeah. yeah. KK, KK. He's like 19 or something. But I, I don't know enough about him, so I'm not going to comment on him. But there's, there's enough uh, options there for... Pep to to leave Grealish on the bench. I think the only time I think I don't even know where where would he play Grealish. I think his reliance on Grealish will probably come in the slightly less important games because I think people might point to the fact that Grealish tracks back etc. To some extent, I don't think he does enough. But I think with Grealish, the no, but I don't think that you have is I don't. Like, the, with Grealish, the assurance that you have is like you won't lose the ball that much. Like, but I think Foden, Foden is just as good as a dribbler. As a dribbler, yes. And yeah, of I course think he's Foden. more agile, more faster than <coughs> faster than. I think he's Grealish. just as good as a dribbler. So I think I think he's he's locked his his place down. I think so. I don't think he's yeah. Be, so I mean, when Thank you cover, yeah. co- co- you know, you talk about their their strength in depth. You know, they signed all these guys. They've signed. Holland, they've signed Alvarez, they've signed Calvin Phillips. To be, honest, to be honest, who knows? They might bring in one else as well. Who? They might bring in other players as well. I think there's only one name on the list um, because obviously these guys were meant brought in as, as kind of replacements, right? So Holland was brought in for the fact that they didn't have a striker and he was kind of earmarked yeah. a long time ago. Calvin Phillips is coming in for Fernandinho. Fernandinho has obviously Fernand- had a fantastic. 10, 12 year, 10 years, or was it 10, 12 years at, at City so far? He's pretty much won almost everything except the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, the big, the big one was, uh, or the big two really, were 
Jesus, who has and Sterling. yeah, and Sterling. So Jesus has obviously gone to to Arsenal for yeah. forty five million. Uh, so we'll probably touch on that a bit later. And Sterling has gone for forty seven and a half, basically fifty million to Chelsea. So the thing with yep. you know, City have basically made a hundred million pounds from two players who have one year left on their contract. Which is that's you know, smart business, I would say. Very smart business, and it's, it's really basically the money they've paid. You know, for Sterling, they made the same money back, and for Jesus, they've actually made a profit. Very similar to what they did with Ferran Torres. You know, they bought him for twenty, sold him for fifty-five million euros or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, there's there's two other names that are actually linked with with going out. One of them is a squad player, and one of them is actually in that first eleven that we just talked about. So one is uh, Zinchenko. Um, so Sinchenko has obviously been on on TV a lot recently, mainly about the the Ukraine crisis, which is is a horrible situation to be in. Um, and yeah. I, you know, I I can feel for him, and people are a little bit annoyed about him crying. But as you know, the idea is it his country is under attack, right? His family are there, so he's obviously got every right. So Zinchenko every, is actually is actually being, yeah. is. Uh, on his way to Arsenal. So Arsenal uh, have agreed a fee for around £30 million pounds for Zinchenko. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're just they're working on the personal agreement. Yeah, so they're working on the personal terms at the moment. So I think that's going to give them a bit more of a... a bit more depth. I think he probably starts over Tierney, but I think we'll talk about that later. Um, and, you know, they're losing a figure in the team, but they're, they're also looking at signing then, uh, we said, a replacement, Kukurelia from uh, oh. Brighton. Brighton, yeah. So he had a very good season. Um, people say he went a bit under the radar. He did had a very good season, but he's also a young player. And I think the thing that Pep has... He's 25, 24, 25, so... Not bad. He's fairly young. Yeah, he can develop, especially, for, well, for a fullback. To some Pep. Yeah. yeah, to some extent. But there is there's quite a quite a bit uh, in there, and I think we can we can say, you know, that there's going to be enough adept replacements. Pep obviously thinks he plans well in advance. He must have had a discuss discussion with him already uh, about his intention yep. to get Cucurella, and we all know he's going to sit as backup to to Chao Cancelo. And the one player that we were talking about in that starting eleven, who's probably going to go, is uh, our boy Bernardo Silva. <clears throat> Bernardo Silva obviously had a stellar season. He's linked with Barcelona. Barcelona obviously will only sell if they get rid of Frankie de Jong, who we will touch later in his quest yeah. in United's quest to make him sign uh, for them in the threat. Just a, just a fiasco at this point, but. There's there's rumours about an eighty million euro I think eighty million euro, wasn't it? Or eighty million pounds. Eighty million euros I assume. Eighty eighty five I guess. Euros, right? Eighty five million euros bid has been accepted between Mendes, his his agent, because as everyone knows, whoever watches or follows the news, Jorge Mendes has every single Portuguese client that can probably play football. Um, including our man Ronaldo, Jose Mourinho as a manager, etc., etc. So Bernardo Silva has apparently had this agreement in place. There was obviously, you know, rumours last year, or, or kind of there were talks last year, and I think he mentioned himself about the fact that he wanted to possibly look at leaving. Um, but 
Pep kind of convinced him to stay and obviously he had this fantastic season. So Pep obviously is kind of keen for him to stay because obviously he makes their first 11. But yeah, the question yeah. now is, is is he really going to stay or is he going to pursue that move to Barcelona? Uh, I think it's probably... I, mean, I, I remember I remember when the when talk started of, you mm-hmm. know, Bernardo willing to leave and all that. I mean, links started coming out of him, like, joining Madrid. <laughs> and now, one year later, we are, we are at a point where... He has already agreed, reportedly agreed, personal terms with Barcelona. Yeah. So, I mean, personally, I would be very disappointed. Like, I mean, I'd be disappointed, annoyed, and yeah, if he joins Barcelona, because he's a really good player, and surely an upgrade over Frankie. Do you think so? Be honest. To be honest, Frankie, Frankie, of course, he has a higher ceiling and he hasn't yet, you know, reached his full potential at Barcelona. They're similar ages. There's only a couple of years between them. Yeah. Because Frankie, I mean, he's been at Barca for three years now and he hasn't yet hit the ground running. I think I think he's probably been a, a victim of the the, the board and, and the manager changes, but I think that's that's probably going to be a transfer that we want to. We'll see how it pans out over the next week, couple of weeks or yeah. so. I think for sure, and obviously we we touched on Sterling, and I think the one thing about Sterling is we, you know, it it leads very very nicely into our talks about Chelsea. Chelsea obviously had yeah. their issues with with Abramovich in the sense, well, that he was a Russian owner. Uh, we all know how that went. <laughs> yeah, he had his assets frozen. Yeah. He obviously sold to Todd Bowley. Chelsea and Antuko didn't have their best season last year, despite signing heavily uh, after winning the Champions League. Probably an element of an aging squad and a disgruntled squad to some extent. I uh, mean, they're off the field, off the field engagements or controversies gain more attention than. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd say so. But I think they also had that that element of uh, disgruntled squad at some points. So they've made they've made two two big signings. Obviously, one is Sterling. Uh, wow. Sterling is is coming in as their new their new winger um, because Tuchel obviously plays a three four two one. He likes to play two yeah. two midfi- two like not wingers as such. I mean, it, it's interesting to see where where Sterling will play. I don't think he'll play as a left back or right back. So he'll probably play in that two behind the striker. Um, we've obviously seen. Lukaku. One thing about Tuchel and his system is like that he prefers players who are versatile, like can play many positions. Hundred percent. So, I think. I think. I think. Of course, Lukaku was a big letdown, and I, and when Lukaku was signed, it was reported that he was more of a, you know, Maria Granovskaya and Peter Cech signing rather than Tuchel signing. Apparently, didn't want to have him in the squad as such. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I don't yeah, know. I, mean, I don't know how much I believe that because I think Marina's always had. Uh, you know, I, I respect Marina for everything she's done for the club in the sense she's always had the interest, best interest at heart. And obviously, he was killing it in in Syria. He was a top five striker. He kind of got a nutritionist. He got himself in shape. He looked really good and agile. 
because Lukaku's yeah. not a slow not a slow boy. He's a big boy, but he's not a slow boy. And I think one of the things we saw at, at City, and I think I saw later on after his his ill fated interview where he talked about Inter Milan, was the fact yeah. that he just seemed to be putting on weight. He looked a bit slower, and some of it can be attested to match fitness and, and the injuries. But he didn't look like the the kind of uh, the same striker as he was. And I think that's where you saw kind of Havertz. Havertz used to play in that two behind. Havertz pushed up as a striker because Timo Werner has been very very underwhelming. Um, so I can see. Sterling. Of course, Timo so I, I mean, I really had very high hopes from Timo, especially after what all he had done at Leipzig. And I was really looking forward to Timo. I think he's, he's probably struggled. A little I think the problem it. with this, all this is like Tuchel's system. Maybe, maybe he hasn't yet played players in their best positions. He's played as a one striker before, and he's played as a two striker before. Werner, yeah. I I think Werner to be honest just can't deal with the physicality of the league. That's that's my Could honest be. opinion. I think Could he's be. he's probably used to a higher line. I think he's used to using his pace, but I think the Premier League has obviously quicker centre backs. I think it's also a lot more and physical, and he's not exactly along that. with that. Along with that, his finishing didn't help either. Yeah, he's he's I mean he's he he's had position has times where he's been in the right positions, but his finishing has been awful. I think one of them was awful, actually in the Champions yeah. League final. Or semi-final, uh, if I remember correctly, yeah. he had a couple of chances there. So he he needs to work on it. He either needs to work on it, or they need to get rid of them. So Sterling is going to come in, I think, and play in one of those two positions. I think Havertz has. I think so. Takes Warner's position. Yeah, I think Havertz is obviously uh, going to push up and, and play as the striker. Yeah, uh, Havertz becomes the primary centre forward. Yeah, I think that he's going to have. I think the other position is probably going to be taken by Mason Mount. Mason Mount. Not, not that. I mean, it's debatable whether I would start him there, but I'd probably talk about that another time. Um, but he is. He's I mean, probably... if it comes, if it comes down to Pulisic and Mason Mount, I think he go with Mason Mount without second. No, I think so. But there's, there's Pulisic, obviously there's been talk about it actually. Light, there's been I talk about actually put playing like Werner. Yeah. Yeah, Werner. There's been talk about playing Werner there. But I think that's something we'll we'll have to, to discuss at a, at a later point, maybe in a future episode, yeah. uh, where we can actually analyze Chelsea's Chelsea as a as a whole. Because obviously Ziyech doesn't look like he's going to make that position his own. He's obviously looking like he's on his way to uh, AC Milan. AC Milan, yeah. Which is probably a good move for both parties. You know, he had a fantastic time at Ajax. He didn't come and do the same bits that he did at Chelsea. He played some some good football. But I don't know whether whether he was not consistent enough. I think the enough. problem with Havertz is that Havertz was the same as the one with pro- the problem with GH. Sorry, I said Havertz. So the problem with GH is this team is kind of the, as one knows, like the physicality part of it. Like he's a very talented player, no doubt. I think I think he's technical enough to like, deal with it, but I think he's I think he's been a victim of probably a changing system and changing team. Be. To some extent, because he's put in some good performances, but I think it's very difficult to play in that three-four-two-one. So I think Sterling's going to yeah. have his time taken out for him. But he's, you know, we'll see, we'll see. And I think the other, the other big one that we've seen, uh, the other big incoming recently over the last couple of days is uh, Koulibaly. Koulibaly yeah. from from Napoli. You know, he turned down a lucrative, lucrative offer from uh, Napoli. I mean, we say lucrative, but it was 
<laughs> it was by their standards. By, by their standards, standards, yeah, yeah. By Napoli standards, it was. I think it was something like eight million or something a year, or seven and a half million. Obviously, Chelsea are going to yeah. pay him ten million euros net, which is which is crazy money. I think it works out to around two three hundred thousand pounds a week yeah. gross, um, which makes him actually second highest earner or highest earner behind N'Golo Conte, one or the other. Uh, third highest is actually ironically Timo Werner. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's surprising as, as always but I, I think the thing we could say with, with Koulibaly he's, he's come in he's got a big reputation Napoli obviously offered him a lucrative contact, contract you know they also offered him a position a future position on the board uh, did they? yeah as part of his, his offer was a future position on the Napoli board uh, I mean it shouldn't come as a surprise like if you keep in mind all the things that he has done I mean, I think he is also associated I mean, with some. I think I think charity work or something like that. He is. Well. I think a future future position is a bit early to to offer a thirty year old. I mean, thirty thirty one. Where I mean, he is now? He's I mean, there are clubs who are offering twenty three year olds the position of. You know, yeah, which we'll talk about selling their soul later on. But I think there are. I think this one is especially premature. But I think. I understand their position of why they wanted to do it. And he, you know, he thought it was better for him to actually move to England. Uh, so he's come in and he's probably going to fill in that position, uh, that that hole that has been left by Rudiger and Christensen. Yeah. So Christensen yeah. actually started off really well under Tuchel and then kind of got injured, etc. And, and disappeared. Rudiger has been a constant mainstay over the last two years under Tuchel. Um, you know, he filled that position when he looked and, and kind of talked about himself as the biggest uh, well not biggest but top five centre-backs in, in at least the league maybe the world um, you know he established not sure of the world but in Syria I said maybe maybe some people have their own uh, thing maybe top five in the last couple of years but Koulibaly is really reliable to have he has but I think I think Rudiger and along with that he's a leader he is a lead. he leads from the back. I think, but I think missing Chelsea that, could do with. But I think missing that that Rudiger element will also be a big thing because Rudiger can pass, he can run with the ball. He's also very good defensively, um, and I think he's established himself as a, as a leading centre back. So I think with Rudiger is like the things that you mentioned for sure. Along with that, like the dirty work needs to be done at times yeah he does you that you know what I mean he does that oh, the, the tactical fouls the tactical fouls yeah, yeah. He, he does that and I think that's what they're going to miss a little bit because they've you know they yeah. they play that three at the back so they like to play Rudiger Christensen and, and obviously Tiago Silva um, but I think we're going to see Koulibaly like you said he's going to start leading that team yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting because I think had they had that back three, you might argue that there's going to be some sort of pace issue, but they could have had Thiago Silva, Rudiger, and Koulibaly. But you know, yeah. it's, it's going to be something that's that's gonna. Give They're also something. reportedly back in the race for Jules Kunde. Jules Kunde, yeah. Think, so I mean, there's yeah. there's two names right that they're in for: Kunde and Kimpembe. Kimpembe. The negotiations with Kimpembe are probably underway. They are yes. actually. So the the 
Fabrizio reported, I guess. Yeah, today. Fabrizio, Fabrizio, everyone's favorite favorite journalist, uh, actually reported yeah. today that they submitted a bid somewhere around 45-50 million euros for Kimpembe. Yeah. Maestro Kimpembe, <laughs> as the song goes. <laughs> um, but he's there. PSG actually are looking for 60 to 65. I'm not sure about the valuation, but I think that's going to be something we can probably, well, you know, when we get to next week's episode, I think a lot will have changed by then. Yeah. Um, especially for Chelsea. And I think the other one we talk about is Kunde. Kimbembe is obviously around yeah. 27, 28 now. Maybe 29. Kimbembe, yeah. 20, he's somewhere between 27 and 29. I don't somewhere, know exactly. somewhere, somewhere. Not, yeah. yeah. And Kunde, on the other hand, is somewhere around 23. I think. Yeah, Kunde is uh, a bit younger, yeah. Yeah, Kunde, Kunde is 23. So I think he's... a. And he's a lot quicker on the ball than uh, Kimpembe. So I think he definitely has that passing ability um, where he can actually make a difference in that Chelsea team. I think it's just going to be interesting to see whether he decides to stay in Spain uh, to your club's rivals, whether he goes to Barcelona or whether he wants to make the move to Chelsea. Chelsea will obviously pay him the money. I'd be bummed out. I'd be bummed out if he joins Barcelona. Especially after whatever that. happened with him and... Jordi Alba, if you remember that yeah. incident where he threw the ball at Jordi yeah, Alba. I mean, yeah, yeah. Was, I mean that I happens all the time, right? You could talk about you could talk about Sergio Ramos and Lionel Messi and their best teammates now. Let's not talk about that. All right, it feels like a different reality altogether. Seeing that's both of that's, those that's, that's, that's <laughs> it's it's something else, but. You could put things behind you as long as you respect the person. But yeah, I think yeah, he's he's got a choice. He's got a choice between Barcelona and Chelsea. So I think Koulibaly and Sterling are both very good deals. And obviously, they made a bid for Rafinha, which was accepted by Chelsea. Um, and we'll we'll talk about it as well. But you know, he had his heart set on Barcelona. So yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea are probably. It looks like they might be in for another winger. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone. Well, there were think... even talks of uh, Neymar coming in. Neymar, yeah. And... But I think that I think that's that's probably not going to happen at some point. Yeah, that's put to rest. That's put to rest. So we talked about Ziyech, talked about Lukaku. Quick, quick shout even out. Even Dembele was free. Like... Yeah, he had discussions with Dembele as well, but I think Dembele yeah. is obviously now signed his new contract. Um. At, at Barcelona for two more years but I think the other yeah. shout out we want to give <laughs> I love to give a shout out to this guy just for the fact he's done absolutely nothing at, at, at Chelsea uh, is Danny Drinkwater he <laughs> he came in after winning winning the league with Leicester you know he's an ex-United player as well actually came in joined Chelsea uh, played, I think he played around a year and then was just shipped out every single year till they could get rid of him or try to get rid of him I think he went to was it was it Burnley or Villa last year uh, one of them but he went he went to I, I I thought he was gone already no 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 they couldn't get rid of the guy he he's you know he's here actually talking about himself wasting time uh, sorry he was at Villa two years ago three years ago Burnley as well it feels like yesterday he was at Reading last year but it, it feels, wow. he feels like he's wasting time. And obviously he was never going to go back to Leicester ever since we've heard about the uh, the 
Rebecca Vardy issues and how she reported <laughs> sold his story to the press for money. So that's going to be a sore subject for that? him. What was that? You know, there's, there's a whole issue about... Uh, there was a meme going around quite a few times about um, Rebecca Vardy and, and Colleen Rooney. Uh, so Colleen Rooney had been putting up stories and someone had been selling it to the press. So wow. what she did was she, she then created a private story and every time she just sent it to who basically put it to one of her followers to see to investigate who was selling her stories and she then came out and found out it was Rebecca Vardy apparently because she posted something about having a a flood in her house or something and it came to the sun the next morning the sun being obviously one of the worst newspapers I've ever seen and the next thing you know it became a meme at the time which was just the ellipses so the three dots and it just said it's Rebecca Vardy because that was, that was her, her story at the time they then oh went to God. court against each other uh, Rebecca Vardy I think was suing for, for defamation or something along those lines and one of the things she actually admitted to was she said she didn't sell uh, Colleen Rooney's story but she actually admitted to <laughs> selling Danny Drinkwater's drunk driving story wow. Jamie Vardy t- wow. sent her a text he's like oh Danny just got basically Danny just got caught drunk driving and she went and sold it to the press <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> so that's going to be a sore topic for them I think the, the last last two names by the way we should touch on from Chelsea also while we're at it hmm? along with drink water there's also one name that I like I can't forget really Ross Barkley he's still there As he he is still there as far as I remember because he's he looks like he might be coming back into the fold a little bit he's still only 28 oh. he's got time oh. he's he's 28 um, he played six games last year to be honest you know he played quite a bit actually under uh, Lampard played about 20 games under Lampard and Played a bit, quite a lot under Sari as well. Can't get a game really under under Tuchel. I mean, sorry, he was the one last year who went to Villa, not not Danny Drinkwater. So he played uh-huh. quite a bit at Villa. Yes. Played quite a bit, but I don't know if he's going to go anywhere because he he's seems to be stuck in a rut, and I don't think his career is taking off anywhere at this point. You know, it's it's sad because he had a big. Yeah, it's highly unlikely. Yeah. He had a big career. He's already got thirty three England caps. He did really well at Everton so I don't really know I think this is this is probably a space to watch he might end up making it back into the squad just because of the oh, fact that no because Conte's slowing oh. down I think obviously you've got uh, they've got Kovacic and Jorginho Jorginho too many people don't rate some including myself Loftus-Cheek managed to make it back from the cold so Buckley it's might bizarre how Jorginho even Jorginho like ended up in the top three of the Ballon d'Or last season. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but I think they could do with some midfield reinforcements to be honest. Yeah, I think I think he's he's interesting. Uh, I think that's probably going to be a space to watch and then see later on. We'll probably do an episode on washed-up footballers at this point. 
And the two, the two names that I think we should briefly touch on is Aspilicueta and Alonso. Aspilicueta obviously yeah. is looking at joining Barcelona as Alonso as well, actually. So Aspilicueta is obviously yeah, the, yeah. you know club captain. He's had a uh, you know he's had a fantastic career. That's, at Chelsea. The, that's the deal with Chelsea, right? Like if they lose Aspilicueta, they would like they would lose a leader figure. But I think I think Thiago Silva is the natural option. Thiago Silva is there for sure. Yeah, Thiago Silva becomes right. a natural option. And I don't think Aspilicueta, he plays in the back three, he can't really play as a right back. But Aspilicueta wants to, you know, he's being offered a two year contract by, by Barcelona. Barcelona seemed to be signing. I think these... I, I, I see that going through, to be honest. I can see that going through. I think Chelsea are offering him one, or there's some, something along the lines. And I think you might want to go back to Spain at this point, because Barcelona yeah. seemed to be having an exciting project. And then the other person we talked about was uh, Marcus Alonso. Uh, obviously, not not one to put him behind the wheel, but Alonso has has a history in Spain, right? So he, like you said, he's from your club. He's got the the Real Madrid academy. His history also yeah. with with Barcelona and Real Madrid. You know, his grandfather was actually in the the team that won the five uh, Champions League back to back for Real Madrid. <laughs> and his yeah. his father was actually in the, <laughs> played for Barcelona and lost the 1986 Champions League file to Stal Bucharest so I can see that one going through and he's he's actually pushing on but it's about agreeing a fee and I think that's going to be the one issue because he's got one year left and Chelsea are probably looking at the, the fees that Barcelona are paying for one year and you know other teams as well and they're probably going to look for the same thing yeah. So I think quick, quickly moving on. Let's go on to Liverpool. Not, not, not a fan um, at all. But I think <laughs> their biggest, biggest signing is obviously uh, Darwin Nunez. Darwin Nunez. There's, there's possibly some weightage. Let's, let's see to how he turns out this year. There's, there's a chance he might just come to Uruguay and Andy Carroll. Um, <laughs> 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 that's the that's the United fan inside you speak. <laughs> for sure. I mean, he didn't look very great in in, in preseason. Um, I, I think... know, but it's just one game. I know, I know, I know. But obviously, I'm gonna love to poke fun at him because that's that's the fan in me. <laughs> but he is he's he's what eighty million. Uh, it's quite expensive. Biggest signing, I think. Second biggest or second biggest signing for Liverpool history? Biggest, I think. Biggest, yeah. Because I couldn't remember if it's 80 million euros or 80 million. Uh, 80 pounds. fixed and then 100 through add ons. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so then it becomes the the biggest. Uh, no, no, probably is second. According to the transfer market, it's second. It's Klopp, it's Klopp though. Uh, I. I I tend to believe in their signings. Like, you know how they have the money ball approach. Yeah. Heavily based on data and stuff. So, with them, I tend to... I think he's... he's I tend to believe on whatever that they bring. See, he's definitely studied Nunez. And I think everyone... He, you know, Nunez's stock went up yeah. actually from playing against Liverpool. You know, where he, he ran the ragged. But I think one thing is... The thing, you know, he's very much a similar mould size-wise to, to Haaland, but I think the one thing that Haaland has over him for sure is touch and mobility. Haaland is a better finisher. Haaland is more of a poacher than Nunez. I think he's also, uh, to be honest, I think he's also more... Nunez? No, no, but I think he's also Nunez, more 
he's more versatile. Not versatile, sorry. He's more mobile. I mobile and in case of Nunez, I think his off the ball, off the ball work is. I mean, it leaves a la- bit to be rabbit. lacking, right? So I think that's that's where we're going to see that thing because they've obviously left lost Mane, right? So Mane, yeah. they used to play. They, you know, there's a version of of front threes. They've got Mane, uh, Jota. And Salah or Mane, Firmino, Salah, and those guys were and very more recently, fluid. Luis Diaz, Luis Diaz Mane as well. So a lot Salah. of these guys are very fluid, right? Luis Diaz is heck of a sign. He's a heck of a sign. Very good signing. Very very good signing. You know, apparently we were linked with him as well. So it bums me out that we never signed him. You guys were even linked with Nunez. Last we year, were, but I think I'm okay with not having Nunez at this point because we don't want 80 million yeah. to come and sit on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think I think the thing that we have here is I think it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to fit in because is he really going to hold his position? Because we saw a lot of times with, with Liverpool's front three, especially with Mane. Mane used to play sometimes as centre-forward, especially towards the end of the season with uh, Diaz and Eventually, Salah. like with the coming of Luis Diaz, Mane's position as a centre-forward sort of became permanent. It became permanent, but I think even before that, you saw that Klopp used to play very dynamically in the, in the 4-3 they're very fluid you know you could have yeah. Salah cutting in Salah could also you know jump into centre forward he had the physicality for it yeah. so did Mane and the fact that Salah Salah being a winger remains the leading goal scorer speaks for itself yeah but I think yeah. that's, that's what we're going to see with Nunes right because Nunes is he going to do the off, off the ball work that Klopp needs is he really going to be able to adapt to the physicality that's what I was telling. Like his optimal work is. Like, yeah, and sense. I think how is he going to do with this? Fluid? Into the system. Because I don't see him going out to the wings to collect the ball or to to do the work that Firmino does or Jota does. Not do I. Not do I. So I think that that's going to be interesting. Carvalho is obviously coming as another option as well. Does backup. Yeah, I haven't and seen. I haven't seen any. He looks pretty good, but he's young. He's nineteen. I don't think he's going to start, but he's going to get options because obviously they've lost Origi as well. They lost Minamino. So you know you lost three yeah, forward Mino, players. Mino, Mino, Mino. You lost three forward players in Mane, Origi, Minamino. But Minamino, they lost a good squad player. <laughs> he's he's all right. I think Carvalho can probably do more. To be honest, Carvalho is actually I think going to have more of an impact, and I think he's got a brighter future than than Minamino did. Yeah. I think Origi obviously is just legendary for the goals he scores. And yeah. So I think we talked about the, the Nunez thing. If you had a prediction also, right as now, as a Madrid as, as a Madrid fan, I forever remain indebted to him for whatever <laughs> he did against Barcelona in that infamous corner victory. What corner taken quickly? Corner taken yeah. quickly. Origi. Origi. <laughs> 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 you love to hear it. No, I mean, okay. Here's here's one question, one one word, and I'll probably ask you why. Who's gonna score more goals, Haaland or Nunez? Haaland, Haaland, without a doubt. How many do you think Haaland's gonna get this year? I would say somewhere around thirty-five. Thirty-five. In all competitions. No, no, Premier League, Premier League, just Premier League. Prem, I guess. I think he'll cross the twenty-five. You think he'll cross twenty-five? I think he will. Yeah, I think I think. So, yeah. do you think do you think he's going to get golden boot? He'll be in the running alongside. Well, if you're Salah. going over twenty five, right? So, 
Salah Salah has done one year or two years, I think, over twenty five. Son obviously did tied with him last year of twenty three. Yeah, I mean, United if they get the players that they want, players who can feed Ronaldo with the balls, then we can also see Ronaldo for the golden boot as well. Twenty five maybe. So I think we we could touch on that at the end. But I think you've got a choice between Son, you've got Kane, you've got Haaland, you've got Nunez, you've got Ronaldo. That's probably the big, big. Goal you know, I tend to be tend to be a bit more optimistic in case of Haaland compared to, you know, maybe others. I think I'm very optimistic. I think Nunez will get chances, but I think Haaland will get more chances per game. Yeah. So Nunez, I can see. I can see. I mean, you. I mean, Liverpool already have Jota as a centre forward. Do you think so he's also with Jota there? Jota off the ball work is much better. I think. I think Jota starts. Nunez can come off the bench. Eighty million off the bench. I think so, or maybe they can have a rotation policy where Jota starts some of the games and Nunez probably the others. Okay, interesting. I think Nunez will start the big games. I don't think he's going to be the one that's going to be dropped because I think the one thing that Jota has versatility is versatility. He can play on the wings too. Yeah. So you can they get have, the other. and then they have Firmino as well. God, we almost forgot Firmino. Ah. Yeah, forgot a man. Honestly, going from being one of the best, <laughs> the best defensive striker in the world <laughs> to being this guy. But yeah, I think that's that's gonna see. I like the so guy. Like, where where do you? I mean, we'll we'll do the. He top. doesn't complain and all. Yeah. Let's do the top six, and we'll come to your conclusions of where where you think everyone's gonna finish. So I think let's let's talk very quickly about Spurs. Uh, I don't really want to spend too much mm. time on them because. They've done some very decent business. Uh, they made. Very, I'm just going to go through through decent. five signings actually. So Richarlison, Perisic, Bissouma, yeah. Forster, and they're about to sign Jed Spence. They have signed him already, I guess. Oh, have they signed I him mean, already? The medical. But, yeah, so yeah. medical. I mean, when, once it becomes official. But Richarlison, sixty million. What do you think? I, to be honest, that's the only signing that I couldn't make any sense of. I mean, if they wanted a backup to Kane, they should have looked looked for some younger player, up and coming player. He's twenty five, <sighs> Richardson. Still, he's hitting his prime years gradually. Could they play as two? Yeah. I mean, then where do you put Son? Son and <coughs> Kane make sense, though. But no, Son and Kane make sense, but Richard- I was about to say, what if you play Richardson and Kane as a two? But then where do you put Son? Exactly. I mean, do you see him possibly changing his his, his system? Maybe a four four two or a. I don't know to be honest. I mean, the Charlie Sun as a substitute couldn't couldn't make any sense. I mean, he's a phenomenal striker, but I don't see sixty million sitting on the bench. That's he's, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, he's not he's not in Dombele. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who I think is is a is an absolute shocking signing, but that's a that's another matter. Perisic, Perisic is basically coming to play. You know, Perisic is a good signing, very good signing. On a free as well, it's basically come to sit on the left as a left wing back. So I think that that's going to be a very good signing. Jed Spence is coming as a right back. Um, so actually, very touchy, very quickly. Conte, Conte, One second, very very quickly. Pretty right. much set, pretty much set last year. They needed some. Cummings, which probably they have got. No, but I think the one thing that we can talk very quickly about when we talk about Perisic, sorry, just backtracking, 
is yeah. the fact that this is putting a lot of pressure now on Sergio Regulon. Because I think Regulon is, is on his way out. He's been put up for sale. And I think they've already started talks with uh, Sevilla. And Sevilla are looking at you know bringing him back. So that's that's going to be a, that's going to be an interesting thing, especially for a guy who was so highly rated before. It seems Conte does not love yeah. him at all. Reguilon, I mean, even like when he left for Spurs, I was a bit disappointed. Like I really wanted him to succeed at Madrid, and I mean that's the case with almost all the fullbacks that Madrid has been producing for the last two or three years. Like Hakimi, Reguilon, and most recently Miguel. I don't know if you know him. I have, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had hopes from Reguilon to be honest. I mean, Reguilon's actually a Real Madrid signing, isn't he? So, and they have that option to buy him back as well. Yeah, I think we have. And there's also there's also a sign on fee, uh, sell, sorry, sell on fee. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. I don't think we are getting him back. No, 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 hundred percent not, hundred percent not. I don't think he's he's probably worth it. I don't think he's had that that, that influence under under Conte that Conte wanted, and I think that's why he's got Perisic in. Jed Spence, I think, is just going to be an up and coming player. I think he's going to be, uh, kind of. In who's the who's the right back as of now? So right now, it's it's actually uh, to, uh Matt Doherty. Doherty, 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 yeah, Doherty, yeah. He's actually he's been playing really well. And I think he's he's you know he's shoe in to start. I don't think uh, Emerson Royale is going to start anytime soon. <laughs> I think he's nah. he's kind of finished. <laughs> um, and you know he's also got you know he's got very solid two options now per left back and right back. Uh, yeah, know, he's got Perisic and he's got. Um, Sorry, Perisic and Cessignon on the left. Mm-hmm. Cessignon is obviously still young, up and coming, good player. Because uh, I think yeah. I think Regulon's gone, so I'm I'm assuming that Regulon's gone. He's also got yeah, Ben Davis. I mean, He's also got Ben I'm Davis. Yeah. Ben Davis, who yeah. can also play centre back. Uh, and then for yeah. right, he's got Matt Doherty. He's got Emerson Royale. Yeah, we'll see how Emerson Royale pans out. And he's now got Jed Spence. Jed Spence. They've, in defense, they've Romero, Davis, and right in front of them, they have Skip. I mean, he plays three, right? So he's got Eric Dyer, he's got Romero, he's got the option of Joe Roden, but he's not going to play. He's got the option of Tanganga. He's got the option of Longley yeah. now as well. Good signing. Yeah, Longley. Good, good signing to VC, actually, because Longley under, at Sevilla was a different animal. Longley started really well at Barcelona, but then went downhill very quickly. Um, and then the other one, Davinson Sanchez, I think he's gone, to be honest. Um, yeah, so he's, yeah. Got, he's got options. And I think in front of him, he'll play, he'll play a two. He's got kind of, not a Domblay, he's got Benton Core. He's got Bissouma. He's signed now for Bissouma. 30 million. Bissouma's a good signing. Like Bissouma's a very good signing. Uh, I mean, United could have gone for him, to be honest. Don't, don't don't give me that that FOMO right now. <laughs> and then, I mean, they got him for twenty five. That's a steal. That's that's a rising. Steal. Yeah, rising to thirty, isn't it? So it, it's it's okay. It's it's good. And I think he's he's now brought depth to the squad because he's got Benton Court, he's got Basuma, and Dombele's gone. Star is like a youth player. 
Uh, he's the Celso is going to go. Winks will probably go, but he's got Huibieg as well. And then you got your friend. Oh, Lo Celso, yeah. Lo Celso will go. Celso was a good pick. He'll go. Have, he'll go. He doesn't need to. Brian Brian Gill is also joining Valencia. Brian yeah. on loan, right? No, it's permanent, I guess. Oh, is on already? I think so. I mean, I don't remember properly, but yeah. Oh wow! Okay. And then I think we've also got uh, then obviously your forwards. You got Son, Richardson, Kane, Kulusevski, and Lucas Mora. And Lucas yeah. Mora. That is that is some depth. Yeah. So I think where you know I'll ask you this at the end as I keep saying this, but your top six predictions later on. Uh, let's quickly go to Arsenal. <laughs> Yeah. Arsenal have been making big moves this summer so they're in for obviously agreed Zinchenko 30 million we talked about earlier Jesus 45 million I think Jesus is that's, probably going to transform that's a great signing that's a great signing I think do you not feel he was a bit, little bit hard done by Pep? I think so you think so? he served his, served his time quite well at City to be honest no he served his time but do you not think he was a little bit unfair because I mean he came in, he's going to play as a 9 at Arsenal right they're going to yeah. probably have they're going to cycle I mean that's that's the thing with Pep's system no but he came in as a 9 but he played him on the wings yeah he it. was supposed to I mean he had like probably the biggest shoes to fill in like Aguirre he came he came as a replacement for Aguirre so, uh, I mean he's done good I mean his output, honestly, Statistic- City, statistically, it, you might say that he's been underwhelming. But I, I mean, I, he scored ninety-five goals a, at at City. Yeah, so I mean, he's been there what six I'd years, say. right? Five and a half, really. Yeah, I say five and a half because the first season he only played ten games. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's averaging around eleven goals a season. Yeah. It's not bad considering he's but, not been playing as a centre forward. I mean, his off the ball work again is is what sets him apart, I guess, to other centre forwards. Oh, he does he, so much off the ball. He, so much off the ball. Yeah, he's a great. He has great work rate. Super work rate. I, I, you know, I'm not an Arsenal fan, but if I was an Arsenal fan, and I think a lot of them have had this reaction. Is sit there and think, wow, because <laughs> yeah. they yeah. come from and come from sitting there with Aubameyang, Lacazette, and Nicolas Pepe as their front three, to they're now looking at a bit more dynamic team in Saka, yeah. Ma- you know Martinelli possibly on the left. I mean, to be on, you know, to be honest, when uh, when Arteta took over, I really, I mean, I don't know if I have said this before. I, I mean, I really don't support any Premier League club as such, but. I look out for Arsenal time and again. I find them interesting and especially the direction that Arteta is going towards with all the youth players that he's I mean building his project around. I would say give give this squad two or three more years and they can be title contenders. You think so? I mean he's definitely brought in uh a lot of youth. I think he he's kind of uh, you know, he's kind of trying to change the outlook of the team. He's come from a team where he had, you know, like we said, that front three of um, 
Where? Oh, what's, sorry, his a... what's his front three now? Like, you I think Saka on the right. I think Saka on the right. He's just I through think... the middle. And Martinelli. Yeah, I think Martinelli on the left. But then you've also got the fact that, uh, not fact, but you've also got Smith Rowe who can play on the left. Smith Rowe, Smith Rowe, I mean, Smith Rowe and. Smith Rowe uh, plays on the left. The guard, we're supposed to be. No, but he can play on the, the left as well, position. right? So I think he, yeah, he brings another oh, another yeah, option. He's got versatile players to pass. And I think that's, that's a good thing. yeah, I think that's what's gonna change. You know, even if Martinelli, Martinelli. What Arsenal need is a proper central midfielder, as we saw like last season with Party injured. Yeah. They struggled big time. I mean, Elneny is really not. Elneny's got his contract extension, but I don't think he's gonna do it. But I think. This is where we, we can talk about the fact that they're signing Zinchenko. I mean, if, if Tierney is free, Zinchenko can also sit. Um, he has actually... Play, mean, he plays he plays central midfield for, for Ukraine sometimes as well. I'm really not sure. He plays as a uh, left central midfielder. He can also play a little bit deeper. They've obviously got Elneny. Uh, we're also talking about the fact that they, you know, they are they are linked to Milinkovic Savage. Um, really, the yeah. last midfielder that they were linked to, I mean, or they are still linked to, is Tielemans. Tielemans which... as well. So Tielemans, Milinkovic Savage, and Zinchenko are the three names. Milinkovic Savage, I think, is going to be ruled out, and I think it has already for the fact that yeah. they're looking at fifty-five million for him uh, for a twenty-seven-year-old. Yeah. Uh, which is quite quite expensive at the same point for looking at Zinchenko for 30. Tielemans is probably going to be about 30 as well. And he's already adapted to the Premier League. And he's also yeah. a person who wants to join Arsenal, more importantly. Um, I think there's a there's a quote during the rounds at the moment about him having the choice between United and Arsenal. And he said, I would always choose Arsenal. So, you know. Did he say that? Yeah, but he said that. Screw him, screw him. But anyway. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> more importantly... Vitinha also comes in. Vitinha can also sit in that midfield. Um, yeah, Vitinha. Oh, yeah, Vitinha. Vitinha yeah, has also got a very. I don't know enough about him, like watching him, but a lot of people in that in the league who watch the league have said he's he's very good. I don't know if that's just the hype. I think we'll probably have to see a little bit of him in preseason and kind of how he he. Did I say Vitinha? Crap! I did not mean Vitinha. Yeah. I meant. Sorry, I wrote that wrong. I meant Fabio Vieira. <laughs> Fabio Vieira, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm waffling. That's what I think. Fabio Vieira <laughs> was the guy I meant. I don't know why I wrote Vitinha. Sorry, my notes are all over the place. Uh, and, yeah, you lost Genduzi. They lost Lacazette. Xhaka was also a bit of a... He's, he's kind of walking the tightrope. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? He, he seems to be... His summer... His future seems to be up in the air every summer. Every single summer. I, I mean, don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know what it is about him. Uh, so sorry, sorry I, about I that. I don't know. I don't know why I wrote Vitinha. But yeah, Fabio Vieira. Sorry, somebody said that Fabio Vieira is an absolute baller. Vitinha is also a baller, but he's at PSG. And I think we'll probably talk about it in the next episode. But Fabio Vieira yeah. is supposedly a, a baller. I don't know enough about him, but he's Neither also an attacking. <clears throat> he's also an attacking midfielder, so I think we're probably going to see something from him. I think Sambi Lokonga might head out on loan. Oh, another player that I would like to mention is 
Lem Saliba. Saliba. Yeah. I think he is a really good player, really good player, and they should keep him. They should keep him. I think the plan is to do that, but do you think he's going to start? I think he's a starting. They play four. Like, okay, so they play four at the back. So Tomiyasu plays a right back. Left back, you've got Tierney, possibly Zinchenko. Okay. Yep. You've got two two centre backs. So your choices for the two centre backs, you've got Saliba, you've got Gabriel. I think Gabriel starts to be honest. You've Gabriel got and um, and the other one person you've got is Ben White. Ben White. Ben White has been reliable. I mean I would I would I would pick Saliba over Gabriel. Saliba over Gabriel. I, I, I honestly think I mean personally for me I'm not an Arsenal fan I think but but I think for me I think Gabriel and uh, Saliba will start but I, I, I don't I don't know it, it's one of those where Ben White the kind record, of has that reputation like for the record with Ramsdale they've probably got the best English keeper at the most probably ahead of who yeah probably <laughs> I think they have. I think they have, because Leno's on his way to Fulham. But I think you know they've now they've now got their three Gabriels and Martinelli, Gabriel, sorry, and Martinelli, yeah. Jesus, and Magalhaes, the the defender. That picture that they shared all the three Gabriels. Yeah, <laughs> but I, th- I think that's that's probably where we see this, and I think you know they've got some some decent squad depth now with Eddie and Ketia obviously hitting the form that he did. That's back up to Jesus. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to have a bad season. I think they are still... I don't know. I think they've got their left back. They've got Hector Beller in his back. But I think... Yeah. Hector Beller's in down. I think that he wants to go again. But I think they need kind of somebody... I don't think Cedric is going to cut it. But they probably need somebody else with Tomiyasu at the right, on the right. And I think they somehow, somehow or other, need to get rid of... Nicolas Pepe. For and sure, man. Nicolas Pepe and the other one, that, the name that's been popping around for the last day or so, and I think Arsenal fans dislike him and probably don't rate him either, is our man, Nuno Tavares. <laughs> he's been linked, um, linked to a move away from Arsenal. Yeah, some, he's, been, he's been linked with Marseille, but Marseille don't really want him. Yeah, yeah, Marseille. They don't really want him. So I think he's... he's got this point where he's going to be their choice left back so I mean they, they don't look too bad I think they've got a very decent chance of yeah Odegaard has been Odegaard is obviously their captain Tierney's vice captain oh man there's actually it's 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 interesting Odegaard you look at their I, captains I really so they've got Odegaard as captain Tierney is vice he captain could not for you guys but for these guys, yeah. <laughs> Bellerin is for third us, captain. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we don't have his position. Either. You do, but you just—I don't know. It, it's a, it's a complicated matter. We'll go for the for the next one. You know, he's got Bellerin as third captain, Jacko as fourth captain, Holding as fifth captain. So there's 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 a lot of. I think Bellerin should be the second captain or, or the first captain. Bellerin wants days. to leave, so I don't know why he's vice captain <laughs> or why third captain. Like the, I, I was hearing that 
he was like he was asked to terminate his contract. He yeah, he's asked to leave. He's ready to go. He's ready to go. But I think they're they're gonna have a decent season. I think they'll be all right, to be honest. Um, yeah. Moving on. I like I like Bellerin. He's a nice player, great player. Bellerin. Yeah, he's good. bang average. Like, I like. He's bang average. <laughs> I mean, he's a great dude. Yeah, no comments. Anyway, moving on, moving on to the best team uh, in the world, obviously. And my 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 team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We are we are obviously not the best team right now, but overall, I'd like to say we're the best club, but. That's obviously not going to be true. Um, I've spent so much time watching this team over the last 20 plus years of going to hundreds of games. And I think we're probably at one of our lowest points uh, coming in as another rebuild. And I think this is where we have to devote a whole uh, episode. And hopefully I can get a couple of United fans as a panel where we can talk about this. But what is wrong with Manchester United but more importantly there's some fresh faces coming in uh, I think this is the right pronunciation Malaysia the right I back mean, I mean with United the left back sorry we can we can hardly say anything that hasn't already sorry say that again I mean with United we can hardly say anything that hasn't already been said already been talked about in other other I think I think it's going to be more about getting airing some of these views because I think there's everyone has conflicting views, uh, especially on our centre backs, on our left backs, and our midfield, which is is yeah. So I think we will be interesting to get a couple of views on that, uh, which we'll do in another another episode later. But I think that yeah. the like we said, the fresh faces we've got in is that the left back, uh, Malaysia, which is probably lead led to a bit of a an, a stacking, uh, for our left backs. Yeah. We've now theoretically nice got, Luke we three theoretically got three to four. We've got you know Luke Shaw, you got Alex Telles, you've now Malaysia. got Malaysia, and theoretically I think he should be sold. But you've got um, Brandon Williams as well, our right-footed left back. Yeah. So if you had the choice, uh, based on what you've seen, forget Brandon Williams. Who are you selling? Luke Shaw? I haven't Alex seen Telles? much of Malasia. No, no, no. no. Malasia, obviously, he can't be sold. He's just been signed. <laughs> who, who are you selling? Luke Shaw or Alex Telles? Oh, Alex Telles. Man. Alex Telles? Yeah. Why Why you say that? Because Luke Shaw is better left back overall. Luke Shaw is better. I think... Teles has the better delivery, but I think Luke Shaw is better defensively, to be honest. And I think yeah. he, when he peaks, he's a, he's all right. So I think Teles is probably going to be on his way out. Maybe this summer, maybe next summer. You never know; he might be put into a different position. But that's that's interesting. You got yeah, Ericsson, yeah. Christian Ericsson in on a free, which I think is a fantastic, fantastic signing for us. He's coming in basically as a new matter. Uh, matter is obviously on a free, somehow going to seems right. to be. It it's, I mean, it remains to be seen how Ericsson fits into the system of Ten Hag. See, I think he's going to play a very similar position to, to Bruno. Yeah, that's, I think that, I mean, that's what I was thinking. This is this is this is it's where I think. Bruno backup. But I think there's going to be another another 
stack up there because I think these guys all play the same position. Eriksen, Bruno and Donny van der Beek. They all play that 10. Van der Beek has been sort of a letdown. <laughs> I don't think he's had the right opportunities. I don't think he's been given the chance. So I wonder if he's going to be given the chance to, to actually express himself under uh, Ten Hag. And it's just a question of who plays when. Because Bruno seems to be undroppable. Eriksen is, has quality all around. He oozes quality. I think he's going to be the difference between, you know, I think for me, if I'm playing uh, a team that sits back, I think bringing on that second attacking midfielder in Bruno and Eriksen, who can make mm. that pass to unlock yeah. that defence, I think that's where he's going to be key. And also in like the Europa yeah. League, etc. Because I think realistically, we should be really making a charge for that Europa League this year. Uh, <laughs> I <coughs> prefer not to say any further. No, I think we should. We should. We hundred percent should. Um, it's not exactly that the most. It's it's tough, but I think we should have give ourselves a chance, and we should be really looking to win every single trophy. It's not even a case of, you know, Mickey Mouse Cup and the League Cup. It's we have to make an effort effort to to sign everyone to yeah. win everything. Because we just need trophies at this point. Exactly. And the other one we That's signed today. Thing. Sorry, and the other one we signed today, which is probably a Lisandro Martinez. Exactly. There we go. I think we've probably overpaid uh, fifty-five million all in, but you know you've got a baller. He can play centre back. He can apparently play CDM as well, and he also plays a little bit of left back apparently. I don't think we need him a left back, but centre back and a little bit of central defensive midfielder. I don't think it's going to create that. It's going to fill that void of actually getting a, a defensive midfielder uh, because I know the fans right now, we were crying out for Kamara, who's gone to Villa on a free. And uh, now the name that seems to be linked with every, you know, is on every fan's lips at the moment is Sangare. And it's really a case of are United going to make that move? Because the other big <laughs> signing. Venture guys, uh, venture guys after Declan Rice at some point. Nah, nah, nah. We were, but 100, 120 million is not, not enough. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um, it's too much, sorry. It's not worth it. But I think the one, in the interest of time, we have to probably move this on, is basically just to say that, you know, Frankie Diong, Frankie Diong has had a, a, you know, he's had an offer accepted. I don't think Martinez is going to play that CDM position. I don't think Frankie Diong is going to play that position. Frankie Diong has kind of iterated multiple times that he's not really interested in coming. Uh, I feel like we're beating a dead horse at this point, really chasing the guy who is doesn't really want to join us. So it's not really worth Probably. it. Probably. Even I think the same. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's, it's I mean, it. I it, mean, it, it could be so that you ruin your remaining of the window just chasing this guy and yeah know, I think it's going to be it's going to be as United fans will know the wish list. addressing other areas hmm? because I mean you should be addressing other areas like. I think I think he's going to become the new uh, Wesley Snyder for us so for, hmm. for if you don't know for, for many years back in 2010 20, 2009 2010 2011 2012 we chased Wesley Snyder every summer and oh, I, he had yeah, no interest in joining us, and we chased him every that's year. So I think this is going to be a, a very similar situation all over again, which is going to be a bit frustrating, and I think very, very annoying in general. Um, a very quick 
thing on on kind of the taste what you will but nothing comes close not even close to what mbappe did to us we will save that for the next one <laughs> we'll save that for the next one because i think that there's a lot of a lot of fresh wounds in there but yeah, yeah. i think per, then in terms of outgoings you know we've we've had a massive clear out this summer you know got rid of andreas pereira cavani Mata, Matic, Pogba, uh, Henderson's gone on loan. Um, so I think those guys were all needed to go. Uh, Pogba especially. I'm not a big fan of Pogba as such. I think he's he's good on the ball, but I don't think he can function as as one of two, uh, two uh, you know, in a two. Uh, he needs that person sitting behind him, whether it's Kante. He needs he has Griezmann also tracking for him or covering him. So I think yeah. he's he does already fit the style. Um, people will say, "Oh, he's not in his right position." If that is the case, and you're going to comment on this, tell us what do you think is his right position? Because he's played as a CM, he's played as a C, a cam, as an attacking midfielder. He's also played on the left. But nobody seems. All the arguments seem to say is he's not played in the right position. He's not played in the right position. But nobody seems to be able to nail I think, down. I think. I think he's. he's not at all versatile. No, I mean, I mean he says yeah. something about playing for as an LCM, uh, left centre midfielder. I mean, for sure, like the the thing that you just said, like you need someone else to cover up things. He 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 seems to play. talk. He seems to talk about like, playing as a left central midfielder. Yeah, like he can he can pull pull the passes and all, like put through the balls and all. But you just need someone else to clean him up, do the clean up for him, cleaning up thing. Yeah. Which I don't think I don't think we have, and I don't think we should really have to because I think if he really wants to play as a cam, no. then he should play as a cam. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like at United, he was tried as one of the pivots as a cam. I mean, yeah, he didn't work out. He didn't work out. I don't think he didn't work out at any of those. He had one yeah. good game this season, which was the Leeds game, first game of the season. He got his four assists, um, and I think that created a false hope for most most fans. But I don't think he was all that. So I think, like I said, if you're listening to this and you don't agree, you know, put some thoughts in the comments. Let's let's actually see where you think his best position is, because clearly there's something that everyone yeah. seems to be missing, ah. and people seem to think they know what it is, but what is it? Uh, I think Ronaldo with the like national a, team, he's been phenomenal. And but I think that's like I was, said, that's the Conte, right? That's Conte and Griezmann. Griezmann and lately Chouameni, because like the Shams seems to have paid on Chouameni, and so he starts to Pogba alongside Chouameni. So yeah, Conte I mean, Conte's been injured, hasn't he? Yeah, injured, inconsistent, and all of that stuff. But I think I think when you look at that, I think he he needs that person to do his dirty work. I don't think United should have to exactly. rely on that because I think when we look at the when I and I could probably go into an impassioned rant about this, but I probably do this in another episode. United have always had world class midfielders, like not not this era post Ferguson, but that Ferguson yeah. era. Yeah. You know, sitting there in a, you can sit there with two midfielders in Paul Scholes and Roy Keane, two of the best midfielders of their generation. And they can do the defensive work, but they can also do the attacking work. Roy Keane yeah. also sits, but he can score. 
Paul Scholes actually started as a cab. He's actually naturally yeah. a cab. He pushed him back because he could pass well. And he became yeah. one of the best passers of the generation. But that's that's you know, that's what I say. I don't think Pogba's I don't even think Pogba's the best pool of Manchester United in history, so I think he overrates himself. <sighs> that's 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 why Pogba ran for another day. This well. also this this makes me wonder how much of a compromise that does Deschamps make with the national team just to, you know I think have Pogba his his game. But do you not think because it's a, it's it's Griezmann covering? I think Griezmann's willingness to run back helps. Griezmann Griezmann covers Lot of ground, man. Yeah, I think I think Griezmann making that effort. That's is... the thing, right? Like, and I mean, so I've been I've been following the song and international team post the post World Cup. Like, so one thing that I've noticed is they haven't yet found the system which, like, so the thing is, uh, the. System that Deschamps applies currently that puts like it's it it's best worked out when you have someone like Giroud up front up front rather than Benzema. But I think Benzema and Benzema has he puts in the yards he puts in the hard work. He does, but it's not about that. Like, uh, so if you've got if you've got Griezmann and Kante in the same team. Like you have your ground cover, to be honest. So you need someone to put in those balls and someone at the receiving end just to finish it off, right? So, I mean, the target man, quote unquote. So I think <laughs> for that, for that matter, I think Jero would be a better fit into that system rather than Benzema. With Benzema, you have to change your system, and which Deschamps, I think, has been reluctant to do or. It hasn't crossed his mind yet. I don't know what happened because I, I don't know if you if you remember the recent nation league games that happened. Yeah. France couldn't even register a victory. Mm. Oh yeah, and they are the defending world champion. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I think that's that's that. I think we'll we'll have to see on that. I think that's gonna be probably a, yeah. a national teams episode at some point probably yeah. in, a, in a break or something because i'm i'm actually off to the world cup this year as well <laughs> are uh, you yeah yeah yeah. i got four i got tickets to at least four games maybe five or six in total that's great yeah i'm in the area so i'm a, I'm around because i'm going to, to a friend's uh wedding later on and i'm also just just in dubai as well for, for some stuff so I uh, decided to hop over because I've got a friend over in in Qatar and I'm off to some of the games. I see. Yeah, that's, going, to see, that's... going to see the Samba Boys, of Brazil, going to see Netherlands, yeah. etc. Uh, and I think the last one, just to touch on, uh, there's two actually we should talk about. One is Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who does not seem to want to leave, uh, no matter how much we try to get rid of him. He seems to think he has a future at Manchester United, even though I think Dallo is the more also, appreciated. Also, before, before we talk about Van Bissaka, I would la- like to ask you about uh, Eric Bai. What <laughs> do you think of him and where do you see? Like, I think you see Eric Bai has the physical the characteristics. Right, He has the physical characteristics to be a top-class centre-back. He's strong. He's good on the ball at times. 
but yeah, he can put in a good tackle. But the problem is the time when he doesn't put in a good tackle. He's very erratic, right? I think he panics or he doesn't think what he's about to do before he does it. He's not as calm and composed as, say, and he didn't have the best year, but say a Varane. Um, Varane is obviously a world-class player. I think there is argument that he didn't have a great season. I also did argue he's a great player, but I did think Sergio Ramos made him look better than he is. But that's just me. That's what we've been saying. Like I've said it for years. I, I mean, think Sergio Ramos is one of the best defenders of sort of centre-backs of this generation. But Varane needs someone like Ramos to, you know... He needs a leader. He needs, a leader. He needs a leader. Yeah. I don't think Harry Maguire is that. But I don't. To, to touch on your point, to ask answer your question about Bai, I think Bai is not going to have that future at United because I think now that Lisandro Martinez has come in, he's a very short centre back. But I think he's got Lindelof. Uh, we were actually he's actually put on the transfer list along with Axel Twansebi. Uh, so Twansebi and Bai. I don't think he's going to have that future at Manchester United and he's actually looking to to possibly move away because the one thing he's always asked for is guaranteed first team football or a lot of regular first team football which he's not going to get unless we play a back three so I think probably for, for you know in the interest of all parties I think it's probably better he does leave And I think we could probably net somewhere around 15, 20 million for him. All right. Because he's not, he's not old. He's still got characteristics. And I think the other guy we need to get rid of, I, as much as I, I, I love the story about him, is, is Phil Jones. He needs to go. <laughs> oh, man. He, he just seems to hang on off, hanging on through five managers, six managers. Yeah. I mean, it's like he gets injured. It's like getting a sick leave <laughs> and then just sticking around. <laughs> I mean, yeah. fact that he was able to make at least one appearance last season in itself quite remarkable. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving on quickly because I know we have to we have to cut this soon, uh, just because of time is. But I forgot to mention Bergwijn's gone at Spurs, thirty million, which I think is, is probably the right, sensible answer. Uh, yeah. West Ham. Are I mean, making... Tottenham. Tottenham overall with the incomings and ongoings, they've been pretty smart. I think they have. I think they have. I think West Ham are making some good signings. That you know they've made Ariola. I think he's called Agard. I I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, they're about to sign yeah. Nana, the midfielder, possibly around thirty-five million, um, and they're also making bids for Skamaka and Broha. Skamaka and Broha. I think Broha is going to. I be... think Chelsea, Chelsea should should have at least tested Broha. The it doesn't look like they're going to accept it, you know, uh, based on Tuchel's comments. It doesn't look like they're going to accept it. Yeah. So I think I think that's probably going to be something to to have a look at in the in the you know interesting months. Skamaka's obviously got a yeah. lot of suitors behind him. Arsenal obviously were interested. PSG are interested. Some people seem to be linking him to United. So I think that that's going to be something to to mm-hmm. see and just look in, look at it in the future. Um, yeah. And really, I think, you know, aside from that, people will have a look and say, why have we not talked about Ronaldo, Harry Maguire, etc.? Probably did spend a bit of so much time on on City, um, and we will want to cover the other clubs in, in probably another episode. 
um, along with you know Newcastle Villa, who I think have both bought very smartly. I think that's probably an episode yeah. for for another episode. But I think the question here then, uh, so far, based on what you've seen, happy. Yeah. Happy. What's your idea? Uh, what's your, what's your thoughts on top six? Who's going to be top six in which order? And who's your top uh, scorer? So Golden Boot. Yeah. Most assists, let's say. And who is going to? Are any of the top six managers going to be sacked this year? <laughs> All right. I'm starting off with the top six. Mm-hmm. But number one, you have Man City. Okay. Two, Liverpool. Three, yep. Chelsea. Yep. Four, Spurs. Five, Arsenal. And six, United. So it's basically the same as this. Or, or maybe I would say three, Spurs, four, Chelsea. Really? Yeah. I could see Spurs. <laughs> Okay, and Golden Boot? Given that Conte, Conte has got his signing. He has, yeah. He has, he has. And I think that that's probably going to be his biggest thing, especially with the Son, uh, Son-Kane partnership, which is one actually one of the best. I think it's the third highest combinations in Premier League history. Yeah. So, and Golden Boot. The Son-Kane, Son-Kane partnership is only bettered by <laughs> Vinny and Benzema. In the whole of it. Okay, that's the fan, fan that's side. That's the thing. fan in you. But never mind. Golden boot. Golden boot. Uh, I would say either Haaland or Salah. Or the both of them. Haaland or Salah? Yeah. So do you not, do you not think. Uh, Kane. I Kane came really back really well last this. year. Considering he Game didn't goal. score, he scored two goals, one goal up until November, and he ended up with like 17 goals. I know he is the penalty taker. Also, you know what? I mean, the World Cup falling mid season has got to play a big part in terms of player performance after the tournament. Yeah. To be honest. So, would you argue? And I think this is because we have we are running out of time. I think would you for <laughs> one hour forty? I think would you argue the fact that Salah ha- is used to pre- mid-season breaks with the Afcon is probably going to give him a, that edge. I would like to think so, but then again, there's the thing of losing. He's he's. I mean, obviously, he's not going to the World Cup, but the fact that he's yeah. used to the break, well, not the break, but having that gap, is that gonna? help him there are two sides he'll get time to recover but also it can affect his momentum going forward so that remains to be seen and and the third question that you asked was do I envision any of the top six managers to be signed I really don't think because Pep and Klopp are going nowhere for at least the next four or five years provided Pep agrees to send his contract because Klopp has already done his part Ah, uh, Ten Hag has just arrived so no Arteta 
probably not. Tuchel, I would have said, if you know Roman would have been still the owner, but I'm, I'm, I'm of the feeling that Bowley, Todd Bowley, trusts Tuchel a lot, and Tuchel, right? Probably, yeah, and probably would trust him a lot. You know, no, I don't see any getting. Yeah, I think so. I think I think you're right. So you you say nobody in the top six is going to get sacked. I probably agree with that. Um, I think your top six is probably fair. I want to say we'd, we'd make top four. I think Chelsea Chelsea is probably the biggest risk of dropping out of that top four. Yeah. And I think Spurs very much relies. I think the third and the fourth place will be between Spurs and Chelsea, to be honest. It will be a close one. I, I, think third and, I think third and fourth is actually open to Arsenal as well. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Arsenal is open to that too. Because I think they're, they're signing pretty well. I don't think we have yeah. enough strength and depth at the moment to to actually go into uh, no that so United United no no I so I don't think we have and I think that that's value. probably fair I think we are we might push fifth if we have a really good season but I think yeah. we need to we need to sort out the team because I think it's going to take two or three transfer windows. And it's, really? I think it's going to be at least two really? summer transfer windows. Yeah. And I think then next year we have to buy a striker. But yeah, that's probably it. And I think for, for Golden Boot, I think it's definitely between Haaland, Salah, uh, and Kane. I think if I had to pick one, the fan in me wants to say, not fan for, you know, fan <laughs> as a United fan. Uh, Ronaldo is probably not going to get the service to to put him as, uh, there. Oh, so the the fan of the player, I want to say Haaland because I don't like the fact he plays for City. He had the weirdest announcement, but I like the fact that he not. I like him as a player, right? I like the fact he's he's ruthless. I like the fact that he is so focused on his goal. Probably he's liked by everybody, all of the fan bases. I think some fan bases hate him. I think the thing, the difference between him and Mbappe is, I think he's he's very focused on his goal. He's ruthless for a twenty-one-year-old. And sure. I think the fan in me wants to say Haaland because I think Haaland will get more chances per game than any other player because That'd of the way. Yeah, because of City. But I think it. I wonder if Salah might be stunted by the fact that he's lost money. Interestingly, and I think <laughs> I want to talk about this another time, is whether Haaland, not Haaland, sorry, whether Salah only signed the new contract with Liverpool because Mane left. Because he was stalling for ages, he was stalling for a long time, stalling for a long time, stalling Could for a be. long time. As soon as Mane I left, think, as soon as Mane I think left, Liverpool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mane yeah. left to buy in 30 million, right? Which is, or oh, 40 million, insane value. As soon as Mane left for a 30 year old, as soon as money left, Salah signed. I think one or two days later, or a week later. Yeah. So, so I think he kept saying it's a non-money issue. It's a non-money issue. I think we might have found that non-money issue. <laughs> that's that's the only. To be honest, to be honest, I think Liverpool couldn't risk losing both of them in the same. That would have been weak. And they wouldn't have probably gotten the right replacement in time. 
Yeah, I don't think there is anyone out there. They had to. They had to get down the signal. No, but I, I, th- I, <laughs> I think his non, his non issue, his non contract issue, or non money issue, non salary issue was with money. I think obviously they both had egos, and they both wanted to be the main man. Yeah, could be. Because there was obviously that that but talk last they year. They got along quite well, to be honest. Like they did, but they also wanted both both be main man, right? There was also that talk last year about Mane being up for uh, Ballon d'Or if they won the, the Champions yeah. League. Because <laughs> he won Afcon, he's obviously qualified his team for the World Cup. Uh, I think I'm actually going to a Senegal World game, you know. Yeah. I mean, are you going to a Senegal game? I think so. Uh, am I going? Let me have a quick look. Am I going? Am I going? I might be going to. I'm trying to see, but I might be going to Ecuador, Senegal. Oh. I'm, I'm very excited at this point because I don't think. So you're probably going to catch Mane, uh, uh, Edward Mendy. Koulibaly, Idris a guy. Idris okay, yeah. There's a lot of lot of talent in that Senegal team. Uh, a lot of talent, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, is captain. I always thought it was money. Definitely. I always thought it was money. Um, yeah, so Koulibaly's, Koulibaly. yeah, they got Diallo, they've got uh, Idris a guy, Mendy, who plays for Leicester. Mm-hmm. Kita Bode, Mane, yeah, Saar, Ismail Saar, who's actually being linked with, I think he was linked with Spurs, or where was he linked? I can't remember. Saar as in Alan Saar? No, no, Ismail Saar. Oh. The Watford winger. He's super quick, but yeah. There's also okay. Bruno Saar. But yeah, I think that probably covers our top, top six. We had a few more teams to talk about, but I think we are running out of time. But I think we yeah. have we are going to be back again with another episode or two where we're going to talk very quickly about the rest of the uh, rest of the teams. teams. And we're also going to do an episode two. We're talking about the rest of the teams, and we'll also talk a little bit about the, some of the foreign teams because I think we want you. Are, you're very keen to talk about uh, La Liga, yes, uh, <laughs> especially Real Madrid. I think you're also keen to talk to give your opinion or two cents on, on Barcelona and their amazing money uh, yeah. and their signing of Lewandowski etc and which is actually just become official yesterday and I think you want to also talk about Bayern because uh, you've got their signing of Mane Mane then the two guys from Ajax Mazraoui and Gravenberg and you've just and sent me something you passed over something haven't you about yeah Go on. That's a big one, isn't it? Go on. Delit to Bayern. Here we go. Matthias Delit. You know, he was in for at Chelsea, but then they have <laughs> some, just blown them I out mean, of water. Chelsea, what? Chelsea have been hard done by, to be honest. They uh, lost on Rafinha. Uh, you know what? You know what? I, I, I'm not complaining because they bought everything in the past. But what's the what's the fee? Very quickly, what's the fee before we go? So it's more than 80 million for sure. Pounds or euros? Euros it must be. Euros. 80 euros. million euros for Matthias De Litt. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. 
contract is up to June 2027. Five years. Five years. So I'll take him to when he's. I think. I think that's a that's a great sign. That's a great sign. That's a great signing. That's a great sign. Yeah, they needed a centre back and a leader as well. It's really. I have heard many Bayern fans complaining about the lack of a proper leader, especially after the departure of Alaba. I think Delit brings that with him. Maybe, I think that's that's probably interesting. Let's see. I mean, I think there it's it's waiting for it to. I mean, it's here we go. So it's pretty much done. But he'll probably play with yeah. Pomicano, I guess. Uh, good. So they've got Pomicano, and they lost Sule to Dortmund. Yeah, which is a great signing. I think we'll talk about that next next time as well. Yeah. Somebody's already put it on there. Tried to. Oh, they got Lucas Hernandez, obviously. Yeah. So, I think there's, they're pretty stacked by the looks of it. I think Upamecano might yep. be the one to drop. To, I don't know. But we'll come cover that in the next episode. So. Yeah. But no, thank you very much for joining me for this one, Happy. Yeah, man. It was lovely. I think we got we got a good oh, chat about football. I think you're gonna probably get a lot of backlash about some of your opinions. I might get the same, to be honest. I think I probably yeah. will. I mean, but, that's what we are here for. At the end of the day. Yep, yep, yep. Just sharing our opinions and yeah. I think it's very interesting to get other people's opinions. I think we will obviously circle with with opinions and people, etc. Um, and I think this is this is very important to just get things out there because I think there's a lot of things happening at this moment in time, um, and we just need to not just talk about it. But I think especially for for clubs like Manchester United, fans need a way to to express their. Yeah. Emotion, because I think there's a lot of expressed emotion. I feel you, mate. Yeah. Been a pretty tough two months and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Considering the Frankie thing and almost a year, if you consider your season overall. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I, we got most people have had enough. But I think this is this is probably the end for for today. Uh, once again, thank yeah. you. This is. Uh, yeah, this is your host AK, and along with Happy, thank you so much for today. Yeah. Uh, if you liked it, on your, you're on YouTube, like, comment, and subscribe. If you're on Spotify, give it a give it a heart, follow it around. But yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. <laughs>